Hello, and welcome to the second episode of our No Pod No Context podcast. Wow. Uh, Those are hard, man. There's no context whatsoever. We're not giving it to you. I am Decamulti, found on the internet, where all good Decamultis are found. Uh, and I will, from my Discord, we are going from the leftmost, just like last time. Just introduce yourselves and uh, say a fun fact about yourselves before we get into the nitty gritty, if you want. Duck? Hey, I'm Duck, uh, Rift Duck on the internet. You can find me uh, on Twitch, Instagram, uh, also TikTok, other things. I'm here, I'm there. More importantly, we're here together. Uh, fun fact about me, if I can get my camera to focus on it. I painted that and that, the background, both of them. Nice. Pretty. I like them. Prettier than I me. Just that was, I just thought that was wallpaper. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, 11 different shades of blue-green painted <laughs> over the course of 17 hours. Not bad. That's, hidden, that's a nice color study. Hidden right here. Is the secret Triforce. I That's see it. it. <laughs> Anxiety. Uh, I'm Haley, uh, also known as Anxiety Lasagna on the internet. Uh, you can find me on YouTube uh, and TikTok, mostly. Uh, a fun fact about me is I just had a job interview, and I'm really tired, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> She, she adulted emotional support shark right now this is Ike. <laughs> she adulted she got nuggets she watched moana and now she's with us recording a podcast yeah. i i watched some of moana and i just inhaled six chicken nuggets in a medium fry and i feel like i'm gonna barf so if you see me like duck off i'm probably taking the tums <laughs> if you've right. ever done that sound off in the comments <laughs> He's the adult the of the group. If you've ever done that, Donald and also Tom's. <laughs> uh, Sharky? Uh, Sharky Hat, you guys can find me on YouTube as well as uh, this YouTube. I'm the editor for the podcast here. also have a Twitter. Um, when I get everybody's links together, the description will be much longer than it normally is. Once we have everybody's there, I think I still have links to come for like two of you guys because i find i don't think i got anything you follow but, uh, my twitter yeah and uh some behind the scenes this is being recording on a thursday so i'm gonna have a lot of work to do to get this up to you guys <laughs> by friday night so we we love you sharky this is where our, this is how our schedules aligned <laughs> and sky uh, hi, my name is Skybreaker. Uh, you can find me on Twitch and TikTok and Twitter, and I think that's Instagram, I suppose. Um, fun fact about me, um, I'm Asian. I couldn't tell. I know. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, podcast forum people can't tell. That's fair. That's true. If, if you've only listened to this in podcast form. I'm Asian. Spoiler if listen, alert. If you listen to this on <laughs> if you listen to this on like Spotify, fun fact, I'm Asian. Shit, now I gotta not watch this. It's like, <laughs> so, so dude, it's like now I gotta not watch this. It turns it off. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guy. Yeah, we, we have, have, we have not only this uh we not only have this video podcast, but we're also now on Spotify for audio. So if you guys need Woo. something to listen to on like car rides and stuff like that. 
It is I'm gonna make my friends listen surreal. to my podcast on the on the ride to Houston. Um, and I guess a fun fact about me, I know with a pretty good degree of accuracy when people are not li- or lying to me or not telling me the truth. It's all in the face. Full transparency, Decca. I thought you were about to say, I know when people are going to die. And I was like, <laughs> just like, it's please, fill it's the like, tea, please let it be God damn it, Decca, have you been holding out on me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Russ, if you are listening, that was a joke for legal reasons. That is for legal reasons. That is a joke. <laughs> Absolutely, Russ. Don't I like how it's like, I have a job, interview, just I have a job interview for a job today, <laughs> and then this is being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Don't make the funny. decision before before Friday. This is just where we do the jump cut glasses. to the ring video. <laughs> um, so, video games are a great way to use your time, especially during a pandemic, uh, when most of our time is spent at home, at your job. You work from home. You know, you need that time to cool off. Um, but have you ever? Has anybody ever played that game that really? Uh, connects with you on some sort on some kind of level um that's our topic for this week uh our our video game that has had the most impact on us and i think i'll just go in the same order and start with myself again um so i finally get to say it how many of you are familiar with the tube shooter genre is that i'm not even gonna pretend to know tempest that's exactly tempest okay it was like two. It was like uh, going down to the tube, and it's like, yeah, you're just the going, you're going down like the tube. The, it's yeah. like a, it's a, it's a polygon shape, and you're moving, you're taking lateral movements around, uh, around like a, a shape. Uh, my game that has had the most impact on me is Tempest 2000 for the Atari Jaguar. Um, yeah, there's a show of your age. Yeah, <laughs> I told you guys I was going to show my Jaguar age. Is. That's like pre Nintendo. It's pre Nintendo. I just. I'm not even gonna pretend I knew any of those words. <laughs> so, in a tube, uh, so in Tempest, you are you take uh, you take control of what is uh, like a claw-shaped uh, ship it's about that big, appropriately called the blaster, and uh, you go around in lateral movements uh, across the plane of like uh, any kind of polygonal shape you can think of. There's pentagons. There's a straight like line, and a couple of them that's more of the Space Invaders type thing. Um, there are some that are just in funky little shapes. Uh, and all sorts of like different, different weird shapes. And you're the idea, the goal is to survive the entire wave of enemies that keep coming at you. Uh, you get like little bombs. You have like these little pieces of debris. Other things that are trying to shoot you. Um, what Tempest 2000 does differently, because Tempest was a game that came out in like 1984, 82, something like that. Uh, Tempest 2000 came out in 1994 for the Atari Jaguar. Uh, and they added it's technically like one of the first reboots or yeah one of the first reboots in gaming history um i was confused which, the jaguar did come out after the nintendo i was like yes. I was confused for a second i was like wait a minute enough. yeah 94 yeah. <laughs> back when atari was still well the jaguar came out like before that but um anyway um it was it's one of the gaming's first remakes um it's uh but it, much like remakes that are worth their weight in salt uh, nowadays, um, this remake added a bunch of things. It added a power-ups, added different kind of enemies. 
um, added power-ups, like you you got to be able to jump in in that little space that you're in. So it's 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 like a weird uh, what's the word uh, perception thing where you like your your figure becomes bigger as it gets closer to the camera, and then it goes back down on on the same plane of axis as you're like moving around. Uh, there's a little AI, AI AI bot that shoots along with you. Um, and there are very cursed bonus levels that are like uh, <laughs> you 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 start going in the 3D plane and you're like free free flying and you're going through these little circles like uh, like like uh, those air those airplane thing tricks where you go through the hoops. Uh, and when you go through one, it goes yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That is over and over. That. <laughs> Hate that. I have it's decided really to cursed. never play this game. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get to the good stuff in a little bit. Um, <laughs> Okay. As, and you just go on like that. Uh, the game can be beaten. The base game can be beaten in about an Ten hour, minutes. an hour and a half straight of doing that. Um, Please don't make me listen to yes for an hour and a half. <laughs> Please, God. No, no, it's not. It's just, it's just that those little bonus levels that are like, there's like three of them in the base game, and they only go for like a minute to five minutes each. Um, this game also featured a new game plus situation uh, called. It, it takes the form of I'm not making this up. Beastly mode. Classic. You 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 beat the base game, and this big '90s as hell rainbow screen just shimmers on on your on your on your screen, and it's like, wow, dude, you totally beat that game. I mean, this is the it's '90s. Like, <laughs> this is like, the '90s. This, this is, is like pre '90s. The '90s. Peak the 90s, 90s was this as someone as a 90s kid it was this weird time when i think about it like it's the like action of the 80s and like the cool culture being mm -hmm. mixed with the developing like radical like 2000s culture and it's just like this <laughs> weird spot in the middle and you can see it like if you were to look at each year you would see like the de the like development just go from one style to another and like 94 95 is where it hit this like peak of just bullshit and then went back down to I, it was the weirdest time like i remember it like that so i'm not lying this this splash screen when you beat the game it's like oh dude you totally beat the game uh now you get get ready for beastly mode and it tells you how to start beastly mode um and it says before you play you should drink a cup of tea first I'm not lying. It, it recommends you drink a cup of tea before you start this game. Uh, and to its credit, new game the the beastly mode is very like it's it's in your face. It's really intense. Um, and when you beat when you beat that, it's like whoa, dude! You beat beastly mode. You must have had like four cups of tea. I hate it's... everything about this. <laughs> it gets worse because it's, it's it, so it, weird. It, though. It, it then on. recommends that you. That you should join the U.S. Air Force. So it just turns into military propaganda. Somehow, <laughs> when did Top? When did I'm gonna look this up? When did Top Gun come out? Because I feel like this as a start playing Highway to the Danger. It 80, okay, it wasn't. All right, it was '86, so it wasn't because of Top Gun. But like, no, I'm pretty sure like they were trying. As Gail from You've Got Gail fame might say, "Gag me with a spoon." <laughs> now what gets me about that game though Deco, thinking about it that yeah game cassette game cartridge probably had like less than like 100 megabytes of data on it 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And they somehow still improved the basic game and added a new game plus on a system that wasn't like as modern as like a Nintendo system. Yeah. So I'm just like, whatever they were doing, they were able to code it in, like nobody's issue with whatever they had. I, I mean, think it's a fantastic. You don't have to raise your hand. It's not class. <laughs> He's an academic. It's she mostly academic. for me to remember that I have a question. <laughs> sure. What's up, Haley? I was going to ask. Uh, you told us a lot about the game. What about it was super impactful for you? Uh, I'm getting to that. Oh yeah, Sorry. the point uh, of the episode. ADHD. <laughs> no, you're you're getting. I'm getting to it. Don't worry. I'm just. I want to set the scene for the game so that I can tell you why it had an impact on me. But uh, no so, wrangler. <laughs> yes, you're good. Alvin, was um, that Sarah? Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, one of the things that had an impact on me, and I don't know if this is like a positive or negative, but like. The the soundtrack, it like the soundtrack, like we're getting into like soundtrack now, actually like sticks in your head, and, like long after playing it. It's like this. It's like this very pre EDM EDM track. It just it's it's very it's very catchy. Um, I will say that's that's been a problem for like early childhood video game music for me. It's just like I'll randomly like. Just chip doing tunes. laundry or making dishes or you know just chip tune just, music just, just chip starts tunes. going <laughs> um, not even like actual and... music it's just beeps and boops <laughs> like... yep. one of the one of the other one of the other features about this game is that there is a multiplayer mode um and uh it doesn't work it, you're not playing you're, there's a there's a where you're playing in tandem and uh that had that was impactful for me not because i played it because I watched my mom and dad play it, and they had a good time. This was, like, mid-90s. I was watching them, like, you know, have their little dates on the Jaguar. And I was like, "Oh, they're having a That's good cute. time. And I'm like... That's so wholesome. Like <laughs> that two, could be three, me four. one like day. Five or six Man. at this time. That is you. Play. <laughs> that, that is you, you Alfred. That's real. You just do it in the worst fucking game on the planet. No. <laughs> Just because I met my wife playing League of Legends doesn't mean you can all attack me like this. Let the record show that uh, Skybreaker outed himself. <laughs> didn't coax him into it. Thanks, Dad. That's um, where, it's where it started. Even in the cesspool of League of Legends, love can bloom. <laughs> Snake, do you think love can bloom even on a battlefield? Uh, but yeah, that's Tempest 2000, y'all. Any questions? No, so um, I I played normal Tempest in the arcade a lot, like growing up. My mall next to my house had two arcades in it, and uh, they had Tempest like tucked in the back corner with like all the other like simple like eighties games. And it was just one of those the games. That, it's just one of those games that it's like I saw one day and I was like, what "The hell is this?" Because it's like growing up, it was like <laughs> plat, it was like platforming, or the arcades had like the light gun like shooters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So seeing this game that's just this like shape on this like u-shaped tube like, like a u or a v yeah it's just like star. shooting shooting things i was like this looks so it's like it looks so simple like how can this be fun yeah like, you play like that kind of mindset Maybe pretty straightforward right. stuff i mean it's wholesome but everything you said about the game makes me not want to play it. <laughs> no, I would recommend I would recommend watching a playthrough and then looking going like an hour and a half into it so you can watch the look at the splash screen. 
and then look at the look at about five or ten minutes until the the video ends and looking at the other splash screen. Um, it's it's peak nineties. I'll, I'll probably do that instead of actually playing it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, then we'll move right on to Duck. Thanks for sharing, Decca. Yeah, of course. Thanks, buddy. You love to um, hear it. So, first games of my childhood. Uh, I grew up on the Sega Genesis and the NES. Uh, so I was like trying and failing miserably at playing like Gauntlet when I was like four or five years old. Uh, or growing up playing uh, Toe Jam and Earl with my mom. And that was great. It was a super weird game. Uh, I played Jeez. the second one. It's uh, Panic on Funkatron is the sequel. <laughs> and it's, Toe Jam and Earl's just a weird about... game series. <laughs> It's just about these like groovy aliens that are super into funk, like trying to capture earthlings in glass jars. <laughs> super weird game. Uh, so I love those. Started gaming off of those. Uh, but the most impactful game for me and what like solidified, yes, I need to play these, need to continue gaming, was The Legend of Dragoon. And yeah. it's a, a JRPG that came out uh, in late 99, early 2000s, depending on where in the world you are. Um, and it's just this it's four disc long PS1 JRPG, uh, very much in the vein of Final Fantasy with the, the start out by like, oh, my childhood friend got kidnapped. Let me go save her from this prison. And it ends with, oh, I'm fighting somehow a metaphor for Christianity. That the, the end boss battle was super weird and kind of came out of left field. You can't have but a JRPG just... if you don't fight God with our <laughs> friendship. Right. You have to slay. Like your first quest is save this cat from this tree, and the final mission is slay God. <laughs> Every time. Like look at Every like look time. at look at Persona 5. It's like get transferred to a school. Ending of the game. Kill God. <laughs> it's like Yep. I'm gonna kill you with the power of friendship and this gun I found. <laughs> it's like that's that's where the joke comes from. It's like JRPGs be like <laughs> Honestly. Uh, the one of the the best things that set Legend of Dragoon apart from other JRPGs was uh, their combat system, which was the the very standard like attack, defend, magic. Here's the unique thing called dragoons, which is a powerful form to our game. But their basic attacks, once you selected it, they had something called the addition system, where you would have a large square spiral down into a smaller one on the screen. And if you timed hitting X correctly when the squares overlapped, you would get extra attacks based on the additions you had selected. And so it, it turned into almost this tempo-based game uh, because there were like seven characters you could pick from and each one had different rhythms and tempos to their additions. Uh, and it made... The, the very sort of boring, let me hit attack. Okay, I'm grinding. Let me hit attack. Okay, I'm grinding. Let me. It, it <laughs> broke that monotony up a lot by even just having that simple addition to the game. Um, and so playing through that, and then I played like Final Fantasy 7 VII and 8 right off the back of it. I was like, all right, 
guess I'm just a slut for RPGs now. <laughs> we're going to we're going to be talking it, about FF8, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, we are. Is it uh, Final Fantasy VIII that has it where you, if you, when you hit them, if you press the trick, the certain button in time? That squall's yeah. uh, that squall's yeah, basic squall attack. Uh, if you time during the attack animation, hit the R1 trigger, you'll do additional damage. That's what I thought. I never did. And this gun I found. And this, and this gun, gun I sword found. I found. <laughs> Sorry, I found the sword, but it's also a gun. That's how you know you're playing a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> Well, now so that I know I... that you're a Legend of the Dragoon fan, Charlie, I got a friend who's building his own subclass of fighter based on that game, so I might have to. Hell yeah, to you. love it. Yeah, I'll I'll send that to you because he's like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "Why are you coming to me for D and D?" So I know about Legend of Dragoon adjacent. Like I had friends that played it. Uh, they were playing Legend of Dragoon when I was really into FF8 at the time, and. It that reminds me that in my DVD case somewhere in this room, I actually have uh, four like computer copied versions of the discs because <laughs> my friend can make a PS One game copy discs. So I was like, so, I do have I do have that laying around, so I should probably play that again. You saying that reminded me of how I found Legend of Dragoon <laughs> because way back when when video games were still relatively new, they used to put out demo discs. Yeah. Uh, so it would be Shout like a disc. It's like, here's 22 games that you can play the first hour of. Have fun. Yeah. It, and that a modified version. Yeah. I think of like kids nowadays and it's like, you're paying for early access when we were spoiled and given early Honestly. access. Because we didn't have the internet to connect to our systems, so people had to make a game, make it correctly. Basically put it on a like, disc. Here's like, without any kind of like online marketing or anything, it's like, here's what you're going to play if you buy our game. Here's that, the first level. Here's the first 30 minutes. And then FUBU fucked that up. And then everything being connected online, where people can be like, I'm going to release a game. Oh, it's broken. I'll fix it later. Mm-hmm. Instead of it, it took a lot of the dedication to making a good game. Most uh, of us are nineties kids. Out of by the process. Way. Yeah, all of us are nineties. I used kids. to get my demo disc from magazine, man. PlayStation magazine. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's where I got mine. I got mine from OPM, and then I also got mine from Pizza Hut. Yeah, and, Pizza, uh, Pizza, Pizza Hut games. Ones... Pizza Hut games yeah. and PlayStation Underground. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. It was PlayStation Underground. Um, and the cereal boxes. Never got Next to, to that, 53 game. Hours of America Online. <laughs> <laughs> That's, those are the ones I kept getting, the 53 Hours of America Online. Just have a crate somewhere full of this old <laughs> AOL 53 Some Hours. Somewhere. There you go. <laughs> um, I think, I, I've never played the Legend of series. I've watched my play, my friends There's play. It's not a series, it's just one. Yeah, it's just oh, a standalone. I never, I, never, I never played it then. Um, they, they I know it was like in the... Remake. Unfortunately. Uh, I always watched it. my I watched my friends uh, in the heyday of JRPGs in you know '90s PlayStation One era, yeah. uh, but I never myself played it. Um, I played Final Fantasy. I played a little bit of Brave Fencer Musashi. Um, 
doesn't really count as a as a JRPG, I don't think, but it's close uh, enough. It, that's an amazing game, though. It is. That's a, that's a whole different yeah, podcast yeah, no, episode but, in and of itself. Uh, that's a preview of the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> and or, a feature, or a feature episode, because this is the impactful <laughs> games. Then we're just going to have the episode where we gush about our favorite games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I never, I never got to play it, unfortunately. Yeah, my only interaction with the Legend of Dragoon series is um, watching Duck stream them back when he was replaying them. And I've only caught bits and pieces here, but it, I mean, it's a JRPG game. It looked fun. I, I was never a big JRPG fan, so seeing stuff like that was always like, it's always nice. But that's just because I never played them, not because I don't like them. They are a time investment also. Yeah. So it's it's like... definitely like... A game that really lends itself to streaming too, like any sort of JRPG. It's like, by the way, here's this YouTube series where if you want to invest the next 162 hours of your life to watching, <laughs> you can see this complete playthrough. Sounds like Kingdom Hearts playthroughs. Jesus, no kidding. Uh, does anyone else have any other questions about about Duck Selection? No, but good choice, Duck. Yeah, it's, thanks, it, buddy. It sounds like a solid pick. Um, and we will move on to anxiety lasagna. Go ahead and uh, <laughs> I don't really can I take know a, can I take a guess? I, I think it might be Fallout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't my, know. I wore my full Fallout outfit. So my gaming journey is not as like long and short. My gaming journey is mine. So. But the first game I remember really playing uh, that felt really special was my grandmother's gold cartridge, Legend of Yeah! The, uh, the OG! I didn't know you would have it to show off. Oh, and the then OG I got shit. Brother. Oh, oh Jesus. my God. What a flex. So, so at my grandmother's house, she had an NES, and we would play like uh, Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle. And like we would try to play Castlevania and like Final Fantasy and just do really poorly because we were like six. Uh, but I I don't know if I was her favorite grandchild or I was just there the most. But she would let me play her special game that no one else got to play and was hidden. That means so you're favorite. That game sort of like helped you're start my gaming journey. Absolutely the favorite. <laughs> um but then of course like as a 90s kid pokemon was very much a huge deal for me as a kid uh most of my friends in elementary school were like boys and they were like oh you're not playing pokemon i'm like i am to play pokemon and like my first pokemon game was gold and it was like oh man this is really fun but it felt like really competitive with them and sounds like a bunch of boys yeah that that feeling of competitiveness yes that feeling of competitiveness kind of changed the trajectory of my gaming life where uh, middle school, high school was very much into Kingdom Hearts, just like the PlayStation games, because I didn't have every other console known to man yeah. that those games would come out on. And I haven't gotten to play three yet. But the most impactful one for me was definitely Fallout 3, uh, the one set in our nation's capital, because I've been there many, many times. So it was very weird seeing the capital look like that and that made a big emotional impact on me plus and then 2020 happened <laughs> <laughs> but i think the reason this game sticks with me the most is like i had never played a sandbox game until it was like sophomore year of college and uh the friend who is not a friend who must not be named 
uh, was like, you're going to play this game, Fallout 3, because, like, the other, my other friends were like, learn how to play, like, Halo Reach, or, like, I don't know if League of Legends was out in 2011. It was, um, yes, and they unfortunately. Were all and weren't, like, playing games with me anymore, so I was, like, the big sad left out. So this friend was like, I'm going to teach you how to play sandbox games. I'm like, what, what is that? And go through like the tutorial and Amada hands you the pistol. And I stood there because every other game I'd ever played, like pointed me in a direction or like gave me <laughs> something to do. Or like I had just played Fable 2 where it like lights up the path for you with like glitter. So I'm just sitting there like waiting for the game to prompt me what to do. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm waiting for it to tell me where to go. And he's like, no, you have to figure it out or you'll die. And that... I had to turn the game off because it freaked me out so much. Yeah, Fallout does Fallout Three. <laughs> that's the problem I have with Fallout Three is that like the vault opens, you get a gun, and then it's like, okay, here you go. Fine. And I'm like, Good luck. I'm like, I I need guidance. That like blew my mind. Where like a mod hand, like I wasn't even out of the vault yet, and I was overwhelmed, and I had to like come back the next day, and just sort of like. It took me forever to even get out because I kept seeing a, like the the security guards thinking, "Oh my gosh, a police officer! How helpful!" And then they beat me to death, and I would be so confused. But that Too realistic. Game... <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me and Sky, yes. Oh my god! And I, it just it changed how I saw video games because in this, like, I could make choices, and those choices had consequences through their karma system. And I tried playing an evil karma game after I started it. And Liam Neeson said one time that he was disappointed in me and I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I was like, I can't. <laughs> like, I blew, I, first I blew up Megaton and I cried and couldn't play the game for two days because I was like, I killed kids. And then I was like, Moira, I killed Moira. And then I go over there to like try and like, I don't know what I was expecting when I got over there. But Moira oh, was like a ghoul. And I just was like, this is the worst decision I've ever made in my life. And you find your dad and he's like, I heard about Megaton. And, and I was playing as a guy character so I could like divorce it from myself as much as possible. So I'm disappointed in you, son. I was like, Aslan, no! So I deleted that game and I've only ever played good karma playthroughs, but I'd never had a game that was like action and consequence and that I didn't have to do like, a set of things like I would go to a new area and do like a bunch of side quests and be like, oh god, let me go do this next thing. And yeah, now isn't, the, really... isn't the objective of the game is like once you get out, it's just like find dad or something. Find dad. Find so dad. there's like a series. And it of doesn't matter how many follow. corpses you leave in your path. <laughs> so yeah. So <laughs> yes and no, because like your dad can be disappointed with you, which like I know is like falling into the empathy fallacy. Like not everybody's gonna care that Liam Neeson's <laughs> sad. But I certainly do. And like guys would watch me play it and they'd be like, why are you picking up every single item? I'm like, because what if I need it? And they're like, you don't need tin cans. And then like the rock it launcher came out and I was like, who doesn't need cans now? And I, like, <laughs> oh. and I like collected a set of like perfectly repaired, like every set of armor in that game and just like played the absolute crap out of it. Cause it was always so fun to just like, go to a new spot and be like i gotta get all the quantums i gotta get all of this and like no game had that before like kingdom hearts kind of had like a you can get all the like upgrades or like you go to the moogles and you like make stuff it's been a minute since i played that game but fallout and then like the bethesda pipeline the fallout to skyrim pipeline so i'm deep in skyrim now and like 
even though those games like have a plot and you have objectives, you can kind of like do a little bit more like role play in it than like other yeah. games that aren't sandbox. So like in my Skyrim game, like I'm a mom, I have two kids and everything I do is to make sure my kids have a great life because they're adopted. I found them in the street. They're my little street babies. And the one person, because like you can marry people in that game too, which I was like, oh, I love a good romance subplot. So I went through the whole list of all the people you can romance in that game. I was like, who needs my help the most? Hold on, <laughs> I have to show you something because you're talking about Skyrim. Give me one sec. Okay, I'm going to talk about my, my husband. Though, yeah. Okay, I'm going to talk She's... about my husband. So <laughs> Haley's guy... found the end game. She's <laughs> found yeah, the end like, game of Skyrim. <laughs> It's, I, my husband's like that so-and-so once honored. He's like the home, the the person experiencing homelessness in Windhelm, I think, which is my my second least favorite city in that whole game. Uh, All right. But yeah, what were you showing me, Jeff? <gasps> I got book. this the day Skyrim came, Skyrim came out. This is a I, I can bludgeon somebody time? with this. The first yeah, time. Which time? <laughs> I can oh. bludgeon somebody with this. It's that heavy. I actually think I have the hardback of that in my Jesus. in my uh, in the other room. It's and yeah, it's, it's like this thick. It's like a it's like thicker than a textbook. It holds up really well. It, it still has probably, all the all the good stuff in there. It could probably stop a bullet. Yeah, <laughs> it, can, I believe it. it probably stop has stopped bullets. But, Thank you. But looping back to Fallout Three, that game just like being in a place where i've like been before like i remember like i already knew the metro system so like going through the metro tunnels is like a the scariest thing ever but also wasn't as scary because i was like oh i know where this generally pops out at and it just felt so real to me because i've been there and been those places that i can pick up that game anytime and just feel like coming home like deca you have your hand up Yes, I do, because you're an academic, and I'm respecting your. Thank you. <laughs> um, you you mentioned, in mentioning that, I I uh, I feel the same way about New Vegas because I've been in that California to like Las Vegas area. Um, mm -hmm. I've been to the Vegas Strip before, and I've been to like New Mexico and like all those other little places that that are in the that are peppered in throughout the DLCs. And I feel the exact same way. Um, I've been okay. to uh, uh, Camp McCarran. And just like, you know, or McCarran Airport, and just like being there and like seeing how it is normally versus how it is. Um, and I've been to Boston with Fallout 4, I think. Yeah, uh, and seeing that, it's wild. Yeah, I've been to Boston too. I didn't get to play a ton of Fallout 4. Uh, and I also guessed the entire like main plot line of Fallout 4 after playing it for a couple hours, but I haven't been able to pick it up since. But I never really connected with New Vegas. Uh, a, because the first time I played it, the person who set me up didn't tell me you didn't have to do the thing where you like eat and drink water the whole time. I thought <laughs> that was just like a standard part of the game. So it was like the worst. And I got to the place with the giant dinosaur, which is arguably the coolest place in the whole game mm -hmm. for me. That's as far as I've ever gotten ever. I, I, I spent all my cast on getting like cute little dinosaurs and I'm like, the end. Uh, but the first time I played it, I had just gotten Boone as a companion and the entire Xbox like red ringed and like oh, corrupted my file oh, and it was just dead. And I was like, eh, guess I'll never play New Vegas again. But my fiance loves New Vegas. Like he prefers New Vegas. And I tried it and I was like, I don't know if it's like the color palette or the fact that I, like, I've never seen a desert before, but like, it just feels so like depressing 
And he's like, and looking at the nation's capital busted isn't depressing. I'm like, yeah, but like, I know what it looks like regularly. But yeah, yeah I think, I think it's the New Jersey though. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's definitely the familiarity. Cause I, I am like that with new, I prefer new Vegas over three. I actually prefer new Vegas over four, but that's a different thing. They made um, the ghouls too scary sounding in four. That was my big critique. Loved having a dog. Hated how much scarier they made the ghouls Because <laughs> I'm a big old baby. Like, can't do horror games. Like, have to skip over the scene in Disney's The Haunted Mansion when all the skeletons come. Like, just straight up skip that part because it's too scary for me. Uh, so, the fact that I love Fallout is really strange because it's a pretty dark game. Like, uh, but I also like watch a bunch of the videos. They're like, "Here's the lore of Vault, whatever." And I'm like, "Yes, tell me about this Vault." I went in for five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my game. Uh, does anyone have any questions about Fallout Three? Not a question, but more of a comment. It just reminds me of that one article about this the one kid who went on a school trip to like um, Rome or something, and his group got lost and he knew how to get back to where they needed to go because of assassin's creed oh yeah i, I remember i remember seeing something about that and it's the, just all, in the same is, vein they also uh because of the architectural data that they had uh they they have the like actual building structure to like notre dame so if they want to rebuild it it's saved oh, yeah that's right in like a file like detailed because they did like the laser scanning to get the architecture right Oh yeah, when... in our newspapers when Bethesda went to take their cameras into the metro system, like people were, I think people were mad about it because they were like, the security risk if they publish how the metro systems work, terrorists can blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, I don't think like... I don't. I think the Taliban have more to do than play Fallout. So it's <laughs> <laughs> like it already is destroyed, so you can't even go through like half the metro system. So it just gets you to where you want to go, but. Like when you walk in and the like square tiles, like the recessed square tiles in the ceiling, I was like, <gasps> that was when I really gasped when I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, they even got the ceiling tiles right. I've seen them before. I've seen them. What did Tom say? 16 times the detail. <laughs> <laughs> Not a question about Fallout, but a question involving sandbox games and games with morality. Have you played the Mass Effect series? I was I wanted no. to ask that. You, it's good. So it's on my list of games to play when I can get a like setup because like hi I'm filming on a laptop. Uh, and here's why you can date people in that game. I want to play the Dragon Age games because you can date people in that game. I and, like haven't... I already picked out who I'm gonna date in Dragon Age Inquisition <laughs> because I don't even know what the plot of that game is, but I'm like I like Cullen. <laughs> That's like Sarah's uh, favorite game. So, I, like, uh, all right, I gotta way, go. Here's here's this shooting game. Here's I'm this sorry. combat game. But actually, it's a dating sim. Yes. Yeah. That- I haven't <laughs> played a. I haven't played the Legendary Edition, but the people I've talked to said that typically Mass Effect One is considered the harder one to play because the combat system isn't as smooth as the second and third games were. But talking to a friend of mine, apparently the legendary corrected that where it brought the newer combat system into Mass Effect One, so it makes That's it just easier well. to play in general. But yeah, it is a it is a dating sim disguised as a sci fi opera. So I have seen because uh, because it's twenty twenty one, and of course there's going to be a new Skyrim because it's the ten year anniversary. They've apparently improved the romance system in the game. They so also I'm added like, fishing. Um, 
they, I did see the fishing, but like anyone who knows me knows I am a I am a slut for a good romance subplot, and if it's the main plot. So, Come watch uh, without context. Getting... We got romance sluts. We got JRPG <laughs> sluts. We got all the sluts. We got only <laughs> on OnlyFans. Support your podcasting sex workers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I guess my uh, my Dennis lore drop because that was a that was a bit we set up in the first one. I guess should I let someone like ask a question about Dennis or should I just no, like just off give it without context? Uh, but. Without context, that's whole thing. So for the first like five or six levels of our campaign, Dennis was the deadliest member of our party. My chicken. He's a dinosaur. <laughs> that's usually how chicken. companions go, honestly, chicken. when it comes to lower level games. Danger yep. chicken. So that Fucking is your danger, danger chicken lore drop of the of the episode. <laughs> I hate how in episode one character is going to be a running <laughs> gag in the show. And he's not. He's, he was a pet of the character I didn't even talk about. <laughs> that does not matter. Vicariously. Jamie. Uh, all right. Well, without further ado, let's move on to Dallas. Sharky. So, uh, I have three tabs open on Wikipedia right now because I was sitting here <laughs> debating which game meant the most to me to make me realize like i love video games and i love what these can be uh one of them was mentioned ff8 is because that was the thing that i put most of my time into that was like the first game that i actually like put focus into that wasn't just like a brief action style game uh the second one i was thinking about was metal gear solid because the psych the psychomantis fight where you oh. physically have to change your controller slot. Like, you have to unplug your controller and plug it into a different controller port to beat the boss. Showed me, like, you can do some crazy shit with video games, and I'm here for it. Uh, but then there's a game that I really thought about and uh, stuck with me the most was a Super Nintendo game, uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. It's Wonderful. a, like, top-down... <laughs> It's a top-down, like, two-player shooter where you're two kids in the neighborhood and all these monsters from, like, classic horror movies are, like, arriving and, like, level by level you have to save your neighbors before the creatures get to them. And it goes through, like, all these classic locations. Like, you have your neighborhood, you have an abandoned mall, you have, like, a factory, uh, a pyramid, randomly. Pyramid for some reason, yeah. Because uh, the enemies are, like, zombies, uh, possessed dolls, a guy with a chainsaw, Dracula, fishman, werewolves, mummies... And a giant baby. Which is like a, a child. True. No. Uh, but the thing is, like, the weapons you get are all kind of like, they're either like comedy weapons, like a squirt gun with holy water is like your main weapon to kill things. <laughs> but you can pick up like silverware and that will one hit the werewolves. And it's like you have to constantly, like, what weapons do I use in this level that would be most, you know, effective kind of thing. Uh, it was the game that. When I was old enough to like realize what I was doing, because like uh, it came out in '93, so I was four at the time. So when I was about six or something, uh, is when I really like started like the synapses started firing, and I was like, "This is a game. There's a goal to this. I can beat this game." And uh, that's when like really clicked, and it was like I just spent so much time on the Super Nintendo playing it alongside like Super Mario World. And everything. 
Uh, but the thing is, this game uh, really holds a like spot because uh, this was like one of the games that me and my dad used to play together. Because um, he got the Nintendo, uh, I guess, from my older sister because she's about six years older than me. So when I was growing up, we had an original Nintendo where they played like Duck Hunt and Mar- the original Mario and like all that. And then we got this game after we got this system after my little sister was born. So it's like when I was, uh, hey, I can't beat this level. He would sit down and play it and everything. And it's like the one game that I keep going back to on like emulators and stuff like that to keep playing. It's one of the games like I tried practicing like speed runs for to try to like get speed running record on it going. Because I had this game as, like, one of my main... Before getting a PS2, like, it was just Super Nintendo that we had at the house. And it's like, it was this game. This is the one I kept plugging in and plugging in, like, every afternoon to sit down and play. And, uh... Yeah, I wish they would do something with it. It Unfortunately, it was developed by LucasArts, who I think is uh, now owned by EA, doing, like, the Star Wars games or something. Yep. Like, yeah, that. something like that. Like I said, I have a okay. It's Bob. Yeah, it's primarily EA. It's also being held by Disney, so they're oh, the ones that have the significantly rights. worse. They have the rights to just, it, but it's also, it, it was also you. it was also published by Konami before they became like Ooh. soulless. So it's like yeah. trying to get these two companies to do something with this game is just like it's like just give me one of these games again. Especially nowadays, where you can have like a four-player like online version of it and stuff like that, because this was mm-hmm. a two-player like Super Nintendo game. And the only thing we really got from it was a sequel the year after, which was bad. So, <laughs> as they as they tended to be, yeah, it was uh, it was like the sequel was just really bad. But the things like played the same were like coin flips. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like. <laughs> this basic plot it's like a mad doctor creates a bunch of monsters and then the most 90s like named kids zeke and julie are like the two uh all right going wrong with it but it's just like it's just fun it's like it didn't sell well but it's like a cult classic like people who had super nintendo will like always mention it at least even if they never played it like people know about it and it's just like it's just like it's a simple, straightforward game. It was so fun. <laughs> like that's what's important about games. Yeah, it's like that thing. Like it was just fun, you know. Like, it, but I think that's also and something. Like I was, legends. Like I mentioned earlier, I think that's something that was lost when your game system could connect to the internet. You know, like it was. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're gonna do all the stuff online. We can put out a game patch it if we need to if it's broken we don't have to like sit and dedicate you know time more the, the time that we need we can Polish just time. Out, we just do enough and put it out if it runs it runs we can fix it like the day after kind oh, of sky. <clears throat> it's like an Ooh. industry thing because like i'm sure like mm-hmm. back in the 80s and early 90s like video games yeah, it, weren't the cool thing to do and now they're the no, cool thing to do there was a it was kind of a niche thing uh not not niche, but it definitely wasn't the pop culture thing that it was. I mean, Nintendo systems were popular. Sega was popular. I think it really hit a stride when the generation with the PlayStation 
the GameCube, the PS2, like when that generation hit, I think it really started picking up like mid 2000s. I want to say is that's kind of when you start seeing like this growth in popularity. But I think that does help it too. There was a not a lot of companies. You had like three major publishers. You had underneath like four different like major companies. You had like Sega, Capcom, Nintendo, uh, with all these studios like underneath them making their games. They were just publishing them, and uh, it was just people that cared. You know, they're like, hey, we're gonna make a game. We have one chance to make it. Because that's the thing, like, you have one chance to make a game when you're putting it on a disc or a cartridge back then. It's like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We can't fix that. Like, we have to dedicate time to doing that. And if we want to, if we want people to buy our game, then, you know, we have to have it be fun. We have to have it do something. We have to have it good. And that's why when you look at, like, a little tangent, but when you look on a like PS2 era games, when you start getting the franchises like Devil May Cry, God of War, all that, those games, like, they stood out because it was just, hey, we have to make something new. And we have to make it fun. A tangent on your tangent, though. (laughs) I think when we started getting franchise games is when we really started seeing a drop in, Oh, stagnation. Innovation. Yeah. Triple A's. Yeah, when the triple A gaming popped up, and it's like, yeah. oh, we're going to put all this money into marketing and all this stuff. And it's like, a lot of that marketing could have gone into, you know, making the game, you know, interesting. So, when I play Call of Duty X Warfare 21, like, I don't care. It's the same game yeah. you've been putting out for the past 22 years. And now they started to remake their own games. It was like, hey, we're, we're going to get the Modern Warfare reboot. Don't let the 2K players hear you or the FIFA players. No, no, this is specifically addressed to them. (laughs) You guys. Hey, fuck you. (laughs) Um, That's much better in video form than it's probably going to be. If you're listening to this, (laughs) if you're listening to this, uh, don't go to YouTube instead. You can watch it look you, look you dead in the eye. That's the thing. <laughs> pick, pick, pick YouTube, pick YouTube, and follow the Spotify or listen to the Spotify and just like the YouTube. So, yeah. there's like a button here and probably also up there somewhere, depending but, on the platform. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think. I guess after Alvin, we can talk about it a little more. So, Al, anybody got anything? Or uh, I do actually. Um, sure. You're the so when we were talking about Tempest and like the the tune that gets stuck in your head, uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors is the same thing. Yeah, it's like the theme song. It's just the theme song was great, and then when you hit start to start, it's just the whoa, like a laugh on the title screen. Just like every select, it's like this evil laugh, and it's just so cheesy. It's like classic, like old school games yeah it had like the nice little touches yeah they had they had character Mm -hmm. i think that's what the biggest thing like you still have that's why a bunch of indie studios like if you look at these games like hollow knight and stuff like that like these games have character they have care and like thought put in behind them because like when charlie's saying for call of duty it's like oh we know we're getting a call of duty this year it's going to be a first person shooter 
What's going to be different besides the story? Nothing. So give me it's it's copy feudal Japan Call of Duty. Give me swords and maybe a rifle if you're extremely lucky to find one. <laughs> Take it back. Call of Duty feudal warfare. It, I made a joke. Well, the only thing they market. haven't touched. I've made a joke that the only thing they haven't touched yet is the Civil War, but I'm not going to put it past them. <laughs> so, 2022. I don't think anyone needs to touch the Civil War. I no, think we no, just no. need to leave it. So, save that. Save that for World War Two. In the land of traitors. <laughs> Aliens build the uh, pyramid simulator, a game from the History Channel. You joke, but it. the History Channel makes video games. Oh my god, you're they made a they made they a also game. make card games. I think they made a civil war game. They did <laughs> make like, a civil war. They have in fact made a civil okay. war game. But it's like full like realistic like reloading. <laughs> and I'm like I'm like, what is this garbage? They made <laughs> like, a game called Anachronism, which is just take every era in history and shove it together. Have fun, absorb- that alone. have fun absorbing <laughs> that while we move on to Skybreaker with, yeah. with his selection. Thank you. Thank you, Deco. Thank you for saving us from that conversation. <laughs> that, that was just like a snowball. Um, <laughs> but I mean, for me, gaming was something that I remember since I was like a little kid. Because um, my dad, before I was even born, had an NES system. And he was playing games on it. I actually have the controller from his old NES system because they gave away the NES system when I moved out and I was very upset when I managed to save the controller. So at least I have that. Um, but actually, uh, a small aside, I went to my dad's house a little while ago and he actually went and bought a Retron so he could start oh, playing yes. Super Nintendo. That's great. So I'm like, okay, That's he's cool. still, he's still into him. So, <laughs> yeah. So my dad was like the, my foray into gaming and then like NES games, just, he had a weird collection of them. He had, um, like super Mario world, some of those games. And then he had like Othello, like the board game, <laughs> um, and like Paperboy and a bunch of like these like old school games that I didn't know what, what the fuck I was doing. I was like three or four. I was just playing them because it was ooh pretty colors on screen. Um, <laughs> but do. yeah, right. As you do. But when I got a little bit older, um, my parents got me a Game Boy Color um, and I was they got me Pokemon Red. And that was the one game that yeah. was like, fuck yes, pretty colors in the car. Like... <laughs> I played the street lights at 9 right. p.m. Exactly. I was no, like, this is the greatest thing. You had the addition that was the screen the, with the, the lights on it. If I had the little didn't lamp. Look, yeah, if your Game Boy Color <laughs> didn't lamp. have 12 yeah. attachments on it, you weren't using it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like a flashlight into, like, between the headrest and the seat of the passenger yeah, seat in front of me. Just jammed that in there. It was like... See, I wasn't that smart. I just like, like held it against the glass and like was just close. This is why Haley has degrees. I, I did yeah. that. I did that. Yeah. Um, but that was like my first big like, oh my god, this gives me the happy brain juice. I'm not gonna <laughs> stop. Um, and then I, I used to go overseas every like other year between school, um, over the summer for a couple months, and my mom's cousin. I don't know where that is because i just called him my uncle in chinese we just everybody's your aunt or your uncle doesn't matter if they actually your are your aunt or uncle that's what they are um but he he had counter-strike 1.6 
um, and we were playing um, Dust, the original Dust map, and I was like, guns shooting on the computer? This is the greatest thing ever invented. And it was, was a fun a fact. American showed. Was yeah, it right? all CRT monitors? <laughs> it was like the big old CRT monitors. It heated up the attic to like a hundred million degrees between <laughs> the screen and the computer. But I had so much fun. Fun fact: it was also when I really like got into music, and I discovered um, Metallica of all groups, and that was like my foray into music as well. So that's a whole nother story. But Counter Strike One Point Six, and then after that, the one that really got me into that had the most impact on me because it was like you could play it casually you can play it competitively you can play it with friends online it was um the command and conquer game so if you've ever played any like rts games base building building armies like starcraft stuff like you need that additional pylons you need additional pylons but my my start was um command and conquer it was the red alert games it was the generals games and i had so much fun with it i could play it on a laptop at like whenever my parents were at work uh, i would go to work with them i could play it on the laptop when it wasn't busy and i had finished all my homework fun fact i never did any of my homework are you talking about um, the old like 500 megabyte hard drive laptops? oh yeah like the ones they talk <laughs> about like in friends or whatever like when he like busts out that laptop the laptop um, that's just... as big as the Skyrim strategy guide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still but, got here. But it was like Command and Conquer RTS games were like the one thing that really got me into gaming. That was like my dad loved to watch me play it. Um, you know, you build these bases and armies and stuff like that. And if you've ever heard the soundtrack to Red Alert 2, um, it's just like grungy, like metal, and it's very like industrial. Um, and, and like the story is like, what if Soviet, the Soviet union never dissolved and was like a technological superpower against like the U S it's, it's super cheesy. It has all those like real life, like IRL filmed cuts. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, FMVs, the full motion videos with like the real actors. That's where we get the classic Tim Curry space. Yeah. It had all that stuff. So it was like, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, but looking back on it as an adult, I'm just like, this is the worst looking cheesiest shit. (laughs) People got paid for this. Like, Oh, but I loved it. I still love it. Honestly. Like I, I got like the EA pass on origin or whatever, just so I could replay those games. Cause there's like no other way to get them. Um, I still have a ton of fun with them. And fun fact, that also kind of led me into playing Warcraft 3 and subsequently Dota and subsequently League of Legends. Oh, so this was the start of the downfall. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you so, were talking about uh, snowballs you're, earlier. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're most, it's, it's the domino meme. It's the little domino being flicked and it's like my love for Command <laughs> and Conquer, the big domino of this fucking League of Legends. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not even just, it's not even Command and Conquer, it's just like CS 1.6 League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> League of Legends. Domino is like starting League of Legends, meeting friends leading to this podcast. Yep. Yeah. So, but that that's sort of my my big one. So Command and Conquer was like the that gave me the most dopamine, and my brain was just like, <laughs> you have to hold on to this for the rest of your life. 
Uh, so I I'm going to send a silly question. Yeah. Yes. What is an RTS game? Is that what acronym you use? Yeah. RTS? So RTS stands for real time strategy. So oh. you can't, you can't pause. It's not like turn-based. Everything happens at the same time. So you're managing resources, managing your armies, and then like you're managing like skirmishes like on the battlefield, like across yeah. the map from each other. Because at the same time, your opponent is doing the same thing. So it's like, well, they're basically, oh. they can send people to attack you and you have to react in real time to what they're doing. So, they have to react in, it's just a 1v1, like, military kind of thing. So like civilization doesn't count because that's like turns. Right, that's, it's like okay. civilization, but if everybody was going at the same oh, time. Oh god, no, that sounds. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> if you, it's like getting further into the acronyms, you got like actions per minute. You got like people who are doing like twelve things at once. Oh yeah. Look, my fiance is in the navy. He he speaks in acronyms, and I have to like make my own versions of them because I'm I'm real it's bad at acronyms. My favorite thing to watch uh, Korean StarCraft players go against each other because I'm like. I don't know what the fuck's going on. These guys are going I way too fast. <laughs> yeah, they're like jumping across the field. Like they've constantly. got like you're like they've got hotkeys to muscle memory. They got like camera shifts to muscle memory. They can do like the key bindings like on the fly. It's the, like the like point five second like camera flick to a certain area and flick back and taking mm -hmm. in and processing all that information. Um, hold on, hold on. It, are you are you good, Sky? Yeah. Okay. You said you met a pro? She's met multiple. A pro StarCraft player? <laughs> That's a story for another podcast, but long I know, I'm setting it up. I'm setting it up. I can long tell by look on his face he doesn't want to talk about this. Long story <laughs> short, I got, I got ditched briefly at a major league gaming tournament back in the day, and uh... security must have thought I was somebody important. So they were like, where's your people? And I'm like, oh, they're in the bathroom. But like, I they took me back and I got to meet some league players and some StarCraft players. Security was so sure about their stereotypes. <laughs> it's like, you don't belong here. Come with us. Girl at Major League Gaming? to the story, but that is a story for another podcast. As far as league goes, isn't it Nintendo that you know? Uh, no. Oh, God. Mega, Mega Zero? Oh, okay. I think that was <laughs> he, he, he was. Uh, he, his We're mom and my mom went to high school together. That's yeah. all I know. Okay. That's crazy. Fair enough. We canceled this episode, uh, this future episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I can talk about League of Legends as little as possible, I will be really thrilled. Most of us. Most of us. Most of us. Uh, we all play it and we still don't want to talk about it. Absolutely. It's not. Anywho. It's, it's, sunk, it's sunk cost at this point. I've put $1,500 into League of Legends. I'm going to have to play League of Legends. <laughs> like, it's a free don't game. Do this it's, to me. it's a free game. game. <laughs> don't do this to me. They are. Uh, Ike there's says a, bad fiscal choices. I, I bought Ike a lot is correct. of stuff. Anyway. Um, Alright. So, uh, uh, Sky, here's. Uh, I wanted to bring this up something that you could do with that controller i want to do something like that that's a great idea just to like dissect it and shadow box it and be like this is a memory from my childhood that i'll now have forever it's actually a great idea that's cool i should do that i have my old game boys and stuff too so put an image up right here or something <laughs> yeah 
Um, is is something right. been shared well, in the Discord or something? Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm on full screen for the recording, so <laughs> yeah, you're good. I am too. Um, well, that's that's been the podcast, and now we want to hear from you. Get in the comments. Let us know about a game that has a massive impact on your life. Maybe it's one of the ones that we listed. Uh, maybe it's an even. Maybe it's a different game. Uh, while you're in the comments, don't forget to like this video. Uh, if you want to see more of our podcast where we talk about so many other things besides gaming, we promise. Uh, go ahead and consider giving us a follow on our Spotify. Subscribe to our RSS feed. Maybe subscribe to us on YouTube if you want. You can find all of our personal social medias in the description in YouTube and all of our podcast socials in the flow page in the description. Uh, be good to each other. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Social distance. And we will see you next Friday. Wave, everybody. Later.